Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 80 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, planes, trains, and automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and I actually have a very special guest with me today, which I'm very happy that he was able to find some time to be on the show today because his, his daughter, Samantha, is getting married a little later today, but he still found time to be here. So I want to welcome yeah, back. I, I feel like I'm supposed to be somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll try to keep this one under under three hours. How's that? Yeah. You know, okay. Oh yeah. So that you can you can make it make it to the church on time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to once again welcome back Todd Levenow of the Forgotten Filmcast. Welcome back, Todd. Thank you. First of all, congratulations on on Samantha's wedding. Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, hopefully you'll you'll have a better time there than you are today here. <laughs> Hopefully. Not that I don't want you to have, not that I don't want you to have a good time here. Yeah. Well, you know, you don't have any, want to have any travel problems trying to get to the, uh, to the wedding venue today. So, you know, don't want to accidentally end up in Wisconsin or whatever. That's true. That, that, that would be a little bit of a problem. I, I, I don't think that uh, your wife or your daughter would, would forgive you as easily as, as Susan potentially, uh, you know, forgives Neil, yeah, at least in, yes. in the final cut, mm-hmm. <laughs> not necessarily in, in the script. So minute 80, wow, 80, we've gone through 80 episodes or 79 episodes so far, and we, we only have another 13 to go to, to finish up this season. So minute 80 begins with Neil turning around and ends with a truck driving down the highway. So yesterday we got... Neil and Dell getting their car confiscated, and we we find them in the middle of Woodstock, Illinois. Not really, yes. but <laughs> no. they're 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 supposedly in Wisconsin, but we've been told the the it was filmed in Woodstock, Illinois. Woodstock apparently, you know, plays every other state other than where it actually is, because in Groundhog Day it's Pennsylvania, and in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles it's Wisconsin. So. Yes, that's very true. So uh, Neil turns around to the sound of a horn. This is the second time he hears a horn. He looks around and we see a red truck coming down towards the, it's coming down the, the street towards him and keeps blaring its horn. Now, when he looks over, we see a few of the different locales in Woodstock. I, I don't know if these are real places or not. So first of all, you see a movie theater that says on yes. no show today. Happy Thanksgiving. Now, what I was able to find out is that it's it's it says that it's called the Princess, but right. But and what's I interesting it, is that you you know this by heart. I had to look it up. The, well, yeah, I think it's gone through some cha- name changes. So yeah. yeah, yes. So the the Princess Theater was originally opened in 1911 in Woodstock, and it and it was eventually closed in 1927 and demolished. And then they built the Miller Theater in that spot. And it's now known as the Woodstock Theater. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it's gone through many different changes over the courses of the years. And I have uh, been to at least one, maybe a couple movies there. I'm trying to remember. The one I remember seeing there was just a few days before my wife and I got married. Uh, we saw Maverick at that Ooh. movie theater back in 1994. 94. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I, the figured thing out, I, I figured out what year you were married based on that. <laughs> the thing I remember from going to that is there was a very vocal couple 
uh, elderly couple sitting behind us. And uh, if you remember, there's a scene in Maverick where I think he's like, I want to say Mel Gibson is buried up to his neck. Yes. And they toss a, they toss a bag with with snakes in it, you mm-hmm. know, that lands yeah. near him. Of course, we don't know it's snakes at first. They we just see them toss a bag, and we see the bag wriggle a bit. And I remember at that moment, sitting there in the theater, the the elderly woman sitting behind me goes, oh, "There's snakes in that bag." <laughs> <laughs> And then she spent most of the rest of the movie, you know, like asking her husband, you know, what they said because she couldn't hear it so well. What did they say? You know, I don't know. Anyway, but so yes, I have vivid memories of seeing Maverick there. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a very charming. I, I don't know if they've made changes to it uh, over the course of the last almost thirty years here, but it, my memory of it is it's a very charming, classic kind of movie house. Um, you know, reminds me a lot of the movie theater that was in downtown in the town that I grew up with in until they, they butchered it. Um, my hometown <laughs> theater is not open anymore, but the Woodstock theater, uh, is, and yeah, it's a fun place to take in a movie. And, uh, you know, again, going back to the groundhog day thing, it's in groundhog day. Yes. Yes. That, that's where he goes to see, uh, Heidi too. Right. Correct. Yeah. And he's dressed up like Clint Eastwood. Call me Bronco. You know, that's that's the Woodstock Theater. And now this is also also we talked about uh, Dick Tracy last time. Mm -hmm. So they actually did a premiere event for the movie Dick Tracy in 1990 at this theater. And if what I read is correct, I think it actually took place the day before the big Hollywood premiere. And I believe Warren Beatty and Madonna were in attendance at it. It was kind of a benefit screening that they did there in Woodstock because, you know, like we said on the last time it was, you know, Chester Gould called Woodstock home. And um, so they did this, this kind of, uh, you know, benefit premiere of Dick Tracy there, which actually happened a day or so before the big Hollywood premiere. That's very cool. Right. So the only other information I have about the the theater in in Woodstock is, is that, as I mentioned yesterday, they every year on Groundhog's Day they they have a free showing of the movie, free screenings. So apparently they they have numerous screenings of the movie I would, on Groundhog's I Day. I would think they'd have, they'd have to do several. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Now there's a few other things you can see along the way. There's a there's a store that 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 has a sign that says Wooden Things. Wood yes. and things is. Do you know if that's a real store? Because I, I couldn't find it online. I'm sure it was back in you know 1987. Uh, I tried looking online too. You know, uh, you know, trying to pick my wife's brain and such, but I didn't really have memory of that. Uh, you know, I'm sure they didn't actually change really much around the town there when they were filming it. They did change a few things for the filming of Groundhog Day, but I'm guessing that was a real place, but it may not be anymore. Right. And then you can also see a sign for an audio video center. You can't see the real name of it. There's like apparently a name above that, but it's uh, it's blocked. And then we see the truck coming down, barreling down the the road. And there's a big sign on the side that says, oh, my gosh, it's Ashkenagin. <laughs> now, that also is, is not real at all. That's completely yeah. made up. I assumed that was playing off of you know, the name Oshkosh, yes. uh, which of course Oshkosh, Wisconsin, which is, I think about, you know, a little less than 150 miles away or so from 
from Woodstock, uh, you know, wherever they're supposed to be in Wisconsin, <laughs> probably right. be a little closer, but well, they're six um, miles from, and you know, uh, the name Conum of that? Walk. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. And then Neil is like scratching his head, trying to figure out who this is and what it is like, who's honking at him and, and stuff like that. And then we see the, the truck pulls up next to him and then Dell sticks his head out the window and says, well, our ship has come in. It's free and it's nonstop. Didn't I tell you I was going to get you home? And then Neil responds, I don't care, just so the heater's working. So at this point, you can actually see that Dell has a black eye, which, yep. as we mentioned in the script, that was something that happened. But anyone who's just watching the movie will wonder why does Dell have this shiner? You know, what mm -hmm. exactly caused that? And I've yeah. seen different theories online about that too. It wasn't until last time when you you mentioned what it actually says on the in the script, where I was like, okay, well, this all makes sense. But when I tried looking it up online, most folks seem to think that there was something that had been cut out that tied into what he says in a moment here about how the driver doesn't like having people in fr up front with him, and that the driver might have hit him. Right. That's what I, I actually always thought that too before I read the script. You're correct because that is what I, what I had, uh, what I had heard also. So Dell then opens up the door and get and like gets and and steps down from the uh, open doorway of the cabin. He leaves it open, and then we we see that the the driver scooches over and like quickly closes the door. Now let me jump in. One thing too, there's kind of the wider shot where we see Dell get out of the the cab mm -hmm. of the truck. And so we see more of the street behind him and kind of to give some context again with groundhog day, which, you know, you see a lot more angles and looks at this at the Woodstock town square and groundhog day. So the corner that Neil is standing on here is going to be just across the street from the corner where the puddle was in groundhog day in front of the tip top cafe. So the, building that you're kind of seeing behind the truck there is the back portion of the building where the tip top cafe is in groundhog day. So basically if you're looking oh, at wow. that shot just to the right outside the frame is where the tip top cafe would be. And that's, that's a restaurant space. It's been a restaurant there for many years. They actually, I think at the time they went into production on groundhog day, I want to say it was vacant and they turned it into the tip top cafe for the movie and then someone kept it open as the Tip Top Cafe for many years. It's changed to various things over the years. I think it's a Mexican restaurant now. But right there is, you know, like I say, the, the, the corner right in front of that is where the puddle would have been. There's a plaque on the, on the ground there now with an with a image of a footprint uh, or like a shoe print, I should say. And it says, Bill Murray stepped here. Oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> and then, like, you know, if you go then down the other end of that block, that's where there's also a plaque on the wall. They call that Ned's Corner. So that's where Stephen Tobolowski's character, Ned, uh, you know, first approaches uh, Bill Murray. And then they walk down this way towards the cafe. And then that's where the puddle spot would be. So oh, they're wow. actually just right across the street right now from where the cafe and the puddle were in Groundhog Day. Wow, that's very cool. Thank you. So we, we have the cab driver scooch over, and as he's doing that, Dell says, oh, 
Uh, the driver's a little freaky about people riding up in his cab, so we can't sit there. Now, my first question is, is if that's the case, why was Dell in the cab at this point? <laughs> that has always been my question. That's been my question since the first time I watched this movie. <laughs> exactly. Now, and, and that would actually explain if he has the, the black eye, but if he had the black eye, then he would have also gotten out of the truck at that point instead of the guy mm-hmm. giving him a ride. You know. Yeah. Now, the, the actor who plays this character is Troy Evans who is credited in the credits as antisocial trucker. See, no, I was man. trying to look it up and I was like, which character is the trucker? So, yes. okay. So Troy Evans has 118 TV credits. He's, he's been on so many shows. He was on the West Wing. He was, you know, he had a lot of different spots in shows in the nineties. And, and since then he was also a main uh, side character on ER. He was in 129 episodes he played Frank, the receptionist. He was also on the TV show Life Goes On, which uh, with Corky, you probably you probably know that also. I right? remember that yeah. one. Yeah, he was on eleven episodes of that show, and he has forty three movie credits. It looks like he is often cast as police officers. Yes, in uh, in movies, because just skimming through things here, I looked up the Wikipedia page, and I can see like. Halloween Five: The Revenge of Michael Myers. He plays Illinois State Police Trooper Charlie Block. Uh, <laughs> let's see, Men at Work. He plays Captain Leo Dalton. Uh, Demolition Man. James McMillan, the tough cop, is his role. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, he, he was in uh, Under Siege. He was in Team Wolf. He played the basketball coach. The Frighteners. He plays a cop. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. He Police plays a Chief. cop. Police yeah. Chief, yeah. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's had a very sporadic career, but uh, it's nice. You know, it, it's yeah. funny, that, fun seeing him in this movie because he looks very different because he's a lot thinner here than in most mm-hmm. of his later later roles. Yeah, he's, he's uh, has a little more girth later on. But mm-hmm. we, we still love Troy Evans. I, I, I tried getting in touch with him, but he, he didn't respond. I wanted to have him, you know, on the <laughs> show. He, he was also on China Beach. He he played Sergeant oh, yeah. Sergeant Pepper on China China Beach. He was in 28 episodes of China Beach. <laughs> At this point, Neil says to Dell, "Well, if we can't sit up there, where are we supposed to ride?" And then we they they do a great gag here because we get the the musical note. Right, I love that bit. You know, dun dun. <laughs> and then we we see the two of them sitting in the back of the truck, you know, between stacks and stacks of boxes. And Dell, ever, ever the optimist, turns to Neil and says, well, beats walking, huh? <laughs> and he goes, you know, you're going to be in Chicago in less than three hours. Around there, if we don't hit, in less than three hours, around there, if we don't hit any traffic, and I don't think we should. And again, this makes sense now that we've established that they're in Wisconsin. Correct. Uh, because... You know, my brain is going, all right, this is filmed in Woodstock, Illinois. I know that's not three hours right. from Chicago. You know, right. it's an hour and a half or so drive, you know. No, uh, but, but think about it. From from St. Louis to Chicago is a five-hour drive. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they were driving, and then it, it they left the airport in St. Louis when it was still daylight. This is the winter. Okay, they drove all night. <laughs> <laughs> and they overshot they, it. They got to the El Rancho at twelve thirty at night. Okay, 
We don't know where the El Rancho is. I always assumed that it was in Illinois. Maybe it's not. But I mean, right, actually, when their car blows up, there's a sign that says Chicago 102 miles. Ah, okay. okay, which would mean that it's less than two hours to Chicago. So mm -hmm. it, it must be that in the morning after they got up, that's when they somehow missed all the signs and ended up in Wisconsin. But I mean, the timing they, doesn't they, work. They so headed well. the wrong direction when they left the hotel in the first place. Right. Right. It could be. I mean, the the, the timing is is off a little bit, but it it still makes for 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 good comedy. Mm. I, I think that's basically the excuse that you can use here. <laughs> And then Dell continues by saying, well, it's Thanksgiving. And then we're moving now. So, you know, he's, he's still optimistic that they're actually going to get to where they need to go on time. You see the two of them are sitting on the steamer trunk in, in the back of this. You know, it's not like the driver gave them anything to sit on. They have to sit on their own, uh, their, their own truck. <laughs> well, it's better than sitting on some of those cold boxes of cheese that are there in the That's back, true. I suppose. That's very true. And and Dell, when he says three hours, looks at his watch. Remember that Neil doesn't have a watch, but Dell does. Right, right. Neil is completely frozen, you can see, and he's also upset at the same time. So he's pissed frozen, I guess you can say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, and uh, Dell just continues to be confident that they're on their final leg on their way to, to getting home. And then we, we get an external shot of the truck moving down the highway. And that's how this minute ends. So Todd, do you have anything else? For and the, the, well, the highway there too, this is one of the things, of course, I'm zeroing in on because again, I'm originally from Illinois. Yeah, of course. And so I'm looking at it, trying to say, okay, well, where are they? And cause there's a sign, there's a, there's a road, a highway sign that you can kind of see there. And I, I tried my hardest to look and it looks like it is route 26 That's which what is I see a, also, a yes. in Illinois, uh, which would actually put them somewhere probably in the Rockford, Illinois area. Because if I remember correctly, route 26 basically runs from uh, Rockford in the North, to the Peoria area in, uh, you know, the center of the state, which again, I went to college in Peoria. Oh, wow. So, um, there, um, you know, when I first saw that, I thought, again, I was thinking in terms of where Woodstock is, I was like, well, well they're off now they're further West than they should be. But again, Woodstock in this movie is actually in Wisconsin. So I suppose it might make sense. They're coming South down from Wisconsin. They're on, 26 and then they're going to take a turn to the east towards chicago i guess wow okay great so you have anything else for for this minute that you want to discuss no i think that's it oh wait one thing i forgot when we were talking about the movie theater you know the the sign says it's closed on thanksgiving and i always thought well that's kind of weird because thanksgiving day is a big day for movie theaters yes i mean it's, it's generally considered to be a day that movie theaters do big business Right. I mean, again, as 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 a Jew, I know that like Christmas Day was 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 always the day when you know we would go on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day to see movies because the theaters were completely empty at that time. But they they were always open. You know, it wasn't it wasn't something that that would. So it's strange. You'd think that holidays are the times when movie theaters would be open, as opposed to closed. But yeah. but you know what? In Woodstock, Woodstock, Illinois, maybe uh, they they cherish Thanksgiving so much that that's. You don't yeah, go. That's what I 
I was kind of thinking, all right, well, I mean, a small town, you did, know, maybe it's a did you ask mom Mrs. and pop Todd operation. Did I ask what? Did you ask Mrs. Todd if it's true? <laughs> no, no. I, guess... I would, I would bet that theater was probably open on most Thanksgivings in nineteen. 19- you know, the late 1980s. I'm yeah. sure it is today. It's part of a chain now. So, you know, I'm sure they're they're doing plenty of shows on Thanksgiving Day. Right. Okay. That could be. All right. So the script has a, a little bit more of an extended conversation here. Not that much, but uh, there there is more to be discussed between Dill and, and Neil in the back of this truck. So it, it shows that they're they're surrounded by these these wooden crates in the back of the truck. And then uh, <laughs> Dell smacks against one of the crates and goes, oh, it's cheese. Neil goes, yep. Dell goes, it smells, doesn't it? So Neil nods. So Del goes, well, then I guess you wouldn't mind if I slipped off my shoes now, huh? And then <laughs> Neil shakes his head profusely by saying no. Dell goes, ah, too bad. It's so cold. <laughs> There's a long pause, and then Neil... Not in the mood for any conversation. Dell goes, too bad we don't have a box of crackers. And then Neil just stares at Dell and smiles. And then they say that the, the, the end of, of this minute in the script says, the truck barrels down the expressway, handling in, heading into the city. So again, this is a good job of editing. This was not something that, that we really need to have in here. You know, when, mm-hmm. I've mentioned this numerous times. One of the things I love about the editing of this movie, especially knowing that they edit out more than two hours from the final cut, but they they were able to cut out parts of conversations, you know, to, to make the conversations more succinct and more meaningful. And, mm-hmm. you know, they were able to cut around things. Uh, every so often there, there were some screw-ups, like what we mentioned about the, you know, yesterday about the gloves and things like that, but when you have them in context, it it makes sense. You know, that's the whole yeah. thing. So yeah, I think well, they, they do a and great And I job think there's John Hughes pulls off quite a bit of comedy with some of the creative editing here. I mean, like like what you were talking about just a minute ago, where you have that kind of instrumental stinger that cuts between, you know, Dell and Neil talking about riding in the truck to them suddenly in the back of the truck and Neil is freezing and such. You know, we we don't need to see them, you know, walking into the truck or, you know, you know, right. saying, you know, we're going to ride in the back or whatever. Just that, that quick edit with that musical stinger is, is, you know, great comedy there. Yeah, so. for sure. So, I mean, do you have anything you want to say about the movie in general that, uh, you know, ah, besides the fact well, that this yeah, is your favorite part? Since it's my last day. Well, you know. As much as I love my wife and love visiting her hometown, I'm not going to say this is my favorite part of the movie. Uh, but, well, it's the, uh, it's the movie. It's the part you chose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but uh, no, I, I, I love this movie. I, I remember hearing about it back in the day when it was first announced being in production. I remember reading an interview with John Candy, uh, you know, where he was saying what his next project was and saying that, um, he thought that this was the funniest script he had ever read or something like along those lines. Um, I saw it in the theater on opening day. If I remember, I think it was the second R rated movie I ever saw in the theater. I should look at the dates. 
it was either this or coming to America. And I want to say coming to America came out this same year in the summertime. They both came I'm out in 88. Right. No, sorry. It's uh, coming to America in 88. This came out oh, okay. in 87. So this, was, so this was the first. So one. then this was the first R rated movie I saw in the theater. Um, I saw it at the Stratford Square Mall. Uh, and um, I, uh, I thought it was great from the start. Like I say, you know, going to see John Hughes movies was was like a requirement for being a teenager in the eighties. Now this wasn't one of his teen films, but still this was one we were anxious to see. Um, I, um, I have the soundtrack album for this on vinyl. Oh, wow. Uh, if you can believe that, um, I have a poster for this somewhere that I got for a couple of bucks from one of my local video stores back in the day. Cause I was one of those, movie geek kids who used to go from video store to video store saying, Hey, what posters do you have that you want to get rid of? And they'd sell them to me for a buck or two each. I, um, I used so to get them for free. Oh, jeez, <laughs> No, the stores in my area wanted a few bucks for them, which I can't blame them. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, somewhere I've got the planes, trains and automobiles one that I picked up at a local video store. Um, yeah. I just have so many memories surrounding this movie. I remember going to see it, having so much fun with it. I remember you probably know this better because you've been doing all the research on it. But I, I want to say this is the first movie out of the John Hughes canon where it had that Hughes logo on it. That's the H with the star in the middle where the, uh, you know, it's kind of the Hughes Films logo. I want to say this was the first movie I remember seeing that show up on. Well, um, we might have that those, in the end credits, but it wasn't on the, 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 the this movie right. has no opening credits. So I haven't done the, right, the, right. Haven't done the, the the end credits yet. We'll, we'll get to that in about a week and a half. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in the end credits. But anyway, yeah, no, this is this is one that I I have uh, enjoyed and returned to over and over and over again. Um, this is this is an '80s classic in my book. So. Oh wow! Okay, great. I'm I'm actually very surprised that you're saying this is the first R-rated movie you saw in the theater because I mean I saw I I I'm younger I'm a few years younger than you, but I remember seeing The Breakfast Club in in the theater, and that came yeah. out two years before this. So you know, again, well, I don't I, know what my parents were thinking, but I don't care. You know, <laughs> my my parents didn't didn't do R-rated movies uh, at least you know not in the theater. Um, they brought them home from time to time on on. Uh, you know, VHS, like, you know, I, I can remember one of the first movies they ever rented when we got our first VHS player was Blazing Saddles. Mm, okay. uh, that's probably one of the first R-rated movies I ever watched. But uh, but, you know, we didn't we didn't do R-rated movies in the theater. They didn't go to the theater much at all. And so for me, you know, I I was a kid that that, you know, I played by the rules and you weren't supposed to go see R-rated movies on your own till you were 17. And so that's pretty much the way it worked out for me. <laughs> yeah, so. Okay. Well, do, do you have, do you have older siblings? No. Ah, you see, that's the thing. I'm the, I was the youngest. So I got to go see all those movies with my older siblings. I think that that might've been part of the, uh, the, the reason for all of this. And I think I was, I would have still been 16 at the time of seeing this one in the theater. So I, I was a few months early, but still. <laughs> right. Okay. That's fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So every Friday we have a segment called Weekend Candy, where my guests will give their top five John Candy films. So why don't you hit us with it, Todd? Uh, okay. So my favorites for John Candy. Number five, I went with National Lampoon's Vacation. 
which, you know, it's a small role for him, but I think is, is a great one. Um, number four, Splash. Number three, uh, Spaceballs. Number two and number one are, are John Hughes ones. Uncle Buck at number two and then Planes, Trains, and Automobiles at number one. All right. Excellent. Great. And every day we have this segment called Off the Beaten Track where either myself or my guest will give a little story about an adventure or misadventure that one of us might have had over the journey of life. So, Todd, you have one final story for us before you rush off to, to your daughter's wedding to, <laughs> to, to give her off. So um, the last one I have here actually involves an airport that appears in planes, trains, and automobiles. And that's the St. Louis airport, um, which in all of my travels is one of my least favorite airports to go through. And part of it probably is because of this experience. But um, usually when I would go on my trips that I used to do regularly for work, I would go out to my destination on a Thursday and I'd be coming back early morning on a Sunday. So this was Sunday morning and I had an early morning flight, which was often the case because the early morning flights, um, at least years ago were a little bit more, uh, or I should say less expensive. And so I I show up for a flight that was probably supposed to leave at about 6am. So it's, it's gotta be, you know, four 30 in the morning or something like that. And, um, I get inside the terminal and I can see just this line that's just snaking around, uh, you know, where the ticket counters are. And I was like, oh, this is not good. And um, so I work my way up uh, and eventually realize that there are major delays going on because many of the aircraft that were supposed to be there in St. Louis did not make it the night before because of major weather issues in the place where I was trying to go to back home in Denver. Uh, There had been bad weather there, and so the planes couldn't make it out. Um, Now, I did do something very wise, if I remember correctly. I remember my my expert traveler friend who I talked about last time who had, like, premier status on United. He always told me, um, when you have a problem like this, don't feel like you got to wait in the line and wait till you get up to the front to get your problem worked out. Call the 800 number and see if they can rebook you so you don't have to actually, you know, get to the front of the ticket counter Ooh, to do that. that so makes like, sense. All right. So I got up, I got out my phone. I call you. It looks like my flight is delayed. Could you rebook me? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. We rebooked you. They got me all set. Great. All right. So, you know, now my flight was going to be leaving a more like 11 o'clock in the morning, you know, rather than six o'clock in the morning. So, all right, I can deal with that. So I, I go down to the gate and just, you can tell all around you, everything is getting delayed and delayed more. Things are just getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And it's like, oh, this this doesn't look like it's going to turn out well. Um, I was sitting there. I had, remember those little handy DVD players? Yes. Uh, you know, that you, you know, I had one of those. So I was playing some DVDs because, you know, I mean, you and me both, you know, we got to fill our time watching movies, right? Of course. So I remember, I remember what I watched. Um, I watched two movies during that time. I watched Battleship. Ooh, okay. So this and is 24. I wa- yeah, this, and I watched um, an older one. I watched, um, I think it was those daring young men and their flying machines. I've, you know, I've um, never seen that. I've, I've been meaning to see that. It's, I, I heard good things about it. So you recommend that yeah. too? Is that what you're telling me? 
Well, it's been a long time since I watched it. I don't know if I I can you know give it a wholehearted recommendation because it, it's been quite a while. But uh, you know, it, it's got fun elements. But um, anyway, but this this concourse that I was on, there was no food. Like I said, things just kept getting pushed back and pushed back. You know, usually there's like a McDonald's or there's a, you know, something like that. The only food on this concourse was Dunkin' Donuts, which don't get me wrong. I like donuts. But as my flight kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed, I had breakfast and lunch and <laughs> dinner. And my only option was Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, you know, so that was not great. And the flight just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And finally, now my flight's like rescheduled for like eight o'clock at night something like that. I've been there since six in the morning. And then as they're just starting to board the flight, you can see lightning off in the distance because the storms that had kept the planes from coming out of Denver the night before were now moving into St. Louis. Ooh, that's <laughs> and we're like, Oh no, we're not going to get out of here. But luckily I somehow our plane made it out. I think by the time I finally got back home, because once you land in Denver, Denver's way up on the, or the airport's way up on the north side. I had to get down south of town, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, I think it was probably about two in the morning before I finally actually made it home. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that one was crazy. Sounds like it. Okay, well, you should be, you should be glad that you're, you're done with it. And that. then I had to go to work the next day. <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, you know, that that's um, a couple jobs back, and I don't. Uh, I don't travel at all for work anymore. So I, I did enjoy traveling for work. I mean, there's something about it that, that is, uh, you know, that that's enjoyable. Certainly you get to, you know, meet a lot of different people and experience a lot of different places, but there are always those struggles that come along with just, you know, traveling and, and dealing with airports and, and rental cars and hotels and, and all that kind of stuff that can get a bit tiring. And of course, you know, being away from your family, um, you know, for, for days at a time is, you know, it, it's a struggle sometimes. So I, I was glad to be able to do that for a time, but I'm also glad that that's not really a part of my work life anymore. Okay. Understandable. Completely understandable. All right. So Todd, you want to once again, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. So the blog of course is called forgotten films. You can find it at forgotten filmcast.wordpress.com. And uh, you can also find the links over there to my podcast, which is called the forgotten Filmcast. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at forgotten films. That's films with a Z. All right. And to find me once again is very simple. All you do is just click search for movie around minute. You can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Facebook, and you can find our website. So I want to once again thank Todd for, for joining us today, especially on this special day. So, you know, you, you, you better run off to, to, to get, get to the chapel on time. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so have a great weekend, everybody, and we shall see you on Monday. But until then, you're fine. <laughs>